Howdy, and welcome to another episode of What the Paranormal with Miss Hyde, aka me. I want to give a shout out to uh, a listener who left a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, thanks a gazillion for it. Um, uh, I'm glad you enjoy my, my, my story. So shout out to Paranormal Junkie. They say, I love the paranormal and started to listen. And I like how she keeps it real and funny. Well, I do. I try to keep it real. And I try to keep it hella funny. Because, you know, some things in the paranormal are so ridiculous and need common sense that people just kind of make you want to say, inquiring minds want to know. And, well, yeah, this is an inquiring mind, wants to know what the hell were you thinking when you saw black-eyed kids and you decided to chase them to ask them a question. What were you thinking? So, Paranormal Junkie, shout out to you, homie. Glad you like my, my podcast. Keep on listening. So, today's podcast is going to be a creepy pasta. I think I'm gonna do creepy pastas also in that podcast. I find them funny, entertaining. This one's called Roommate. Um, written by Shannon Higdon. I probably butcher her name, but yeah. So here we go. The second girl's keys were rattling in the lock. Katie was off the couch and racing to the front door. Did you do it? Did you do it? She was practically bouncing up and down with giddy anticipation and willing to give him a second to even breathe. Did you kill her? Is it done? Daryl couldn't help but smile and shake his head. She, she was such a bad influence on him. He tried to remember the first time they had met, but for some reason was unable to. It just kind of seemed like she had always been there. You know, Tim and Jerry had been his roommates for close to eight years, and somewhere along the line, she just kind of fell in with the twin brothers. But Daryl knew what happened. She was living in a little two-bedroom house. Remembering when the guys moved in was a little easier. He had liked them both immensely the first time they had met. I felt hard for their sob story of growing up as orphans, with no family other than each other. Yada, yada, yada. That wasn't the real reason he extended the invitation, however. The truth was, they were fun. Age-wise, they were technically adults, but the maturity level in no way reflected that. Neither of them ever bothered growing up, and they were really no telling what they might be getting into at any point in time. Plus, they really like to play up the identical twin aspect and enjoy going with the same look as each other every other day. Daryl could tell them apart at the moment. Tim's hair was just a bit shorter than Jerry's. But most people didn't have a clue. Tim, ha- Tim had told him once, quite some time ago, the story of how he met Katie in the area, but Daryl couldn't recall it. Tim had verbal diarrhea. And a different story or ten every day. It would have been impossible to keep them all in his memory bank. 
Tim's condition was aided considerably by the fact that he always had a bag of green herbs nearby. Jerry wasn't quite the stunner as his brother, but he did partake from time to time. Daryl hadn't complained when Kenny, Katie started hanging around. There was something about her that he found truly compelling. It wasn't that she had the hots for him, or I'm sorry, for her, or anything like that. She was not his type at all, but she was sweet and funny and absolute dynamo of high contagious positive energy. He loved the way that she kept them all in line and yet on their toes at the same time. For all these reasons and others, they didn't fully understand. She could talk to him in practicality anything. She had an innate ability to persuade him into activities that most people would consider irrational and a way of making sense out of it in the process. That's the way it was with Julie, his soon-to-be deceased ex-girlfriend, and Marcus his recently deceased ex-best friend. As crushing a blow as discovering that their secret liaison was, Daryl was originally going to just break off both relationships and count his blessings that he discovered the infidelity when he did, and not further down the road when she might have been his wife and he might have been his best man. It had been Katie who finally got him to see the reasoning behind ending their lives. They were, after all, bad people. Who knows who else they would have ended up hurting in the long run. It was the same thing that Yuri Melosh, the Ukrainian guy who used to live down the street that swindled Daryl out of nearly three grand in his Ponzi scheme. How many little old ladies would have cleaned out before someone finally stopped them? Then with Pritchett Ricketts, the prick who kept pinching his clients by undercutting his offers on jobs. Daryl was one of the best small job carpenters in the area, but somehow that damn Ricketts was always on his tail. It was Katie that pointed out the unscrupulous man must have been following Daryl. It also stood to her reasoning that there were no possible way of just cutting Leech out of his life, other than killing him, of course. Father Michener was the only one Daryl tried putting up a significant argument against. And even now, it weighed on his conscience. Father Andrew Mitchell had been the pastor at the local Catholic church for nearly 40 years before he passed on. Daryl's grandmother, who left the little house to him when she died, attended services there twice a week, every week until she died, and the priest had grown fondly attached to the longtime widow. When, when Daryl moved in nine years ago, Father Michener had made it a point to visit the home and check in on Doris, grandson, and Daryl, quite like the pleasant man, not enough to attend his church, but he did like him. It was Tim and Jerry who initially didn't care for him. The first time they met the father made a lighthearted joke about them being freeloaders who didn't pay rent, and despite the lack of malicious intent, the guys who never took offense to anything had their feelings hurt. That was really no big deal, but the priest continued to make weekly recruiting visits, and eventually Katie was the one who could see the demons in him. Absolutely terrified the first time she saw the man and the creatures possessing him from within. She later explained that the gift was called discernment and that 
he had always been able to see unclear spirits. Daryl fought for her for some time and on the issue, but her fear was real, and Katie never lied to him, or anyone for the matter. She was truthful to a brutal fault, and in the end, he believed. He believed in the world beyond the world he could. He believed that Katie had gifts that he didn't, and above all, he believed her when she said that they would be plagued by demonic attacks if the poor man wasn't put out of his misery. It was, by her estimation, a mercy killing. Daryl had been hoping the moment he stood mercy would be the last time he would have to deal with such unpleasant things. But here he was again. So, she pressed, are you going to answer me or what? Daryl chuckled again and pushed her past. To the living room. Are you going to give me a chance to actually answer? Katie, seeing the offense behind him and said, well, excuse me, by all means. Tim and Dara were wrestling with each other on the couch like a couple of teenage boys and didn't bring it to an end until Daryl popped down on the couch next to them, diverting their attention. Well, Gary asked what they were all thinking. She hasn't said, Kitty had positioned herself on the lazy boy across from him. For some reason, he's trying to play it cool, which, she paused for effort, is not cool. The guys began to fall all over each other with anxious laughter and brought Daryl's attention to the empty, baggy, and green herbs strung at the coffee table. They were high as kites. Sometimes living with these two was like being in a frat house or having children, maybe. He definitely didn't take them as serious as he did his female roommate. Well, Daryl finally spoke. Not that you two yahoos will remember later. He, he was looking at the twins as they fell into another round of scythe splitting. But yeah, I did it. I cut her brake line. Katie's jaw dropped. You cut her brake line? She repeated. Daryl probably nodded yes. But the pride only lasted a moment before Katie made her displeasure known. What the hell, Daryl? That's not what we talked about. You were supposed to poison her, stab her. Where the hell did you come up with cutting the brake line? She sighed, exaggerated. How did you even know which one is a brake line? YouTube, Daryl replied sheepishly. I looked it up. The brothers couldn't stop laughing. Sure, actually falling to the floor and holding his side. Katie didn't find it funny at all. You looked up a video on how to cut a brake line and then went and cut someone's brake line? Please tell me you at least used a guest account on, com on a computer somewhere else. She seemed like she couldn't even believe she was having to ask. And if it was complete opposite of the reaction he was expecting, especially when he could only mumble, I used my phone. Katie jumped across the couch and slapped him in the face, drawing blood with her nails. You fucking idiot, she yelled in his face. You screwed us all. Tim joined his brother, rolling on the floor. Neither seemed to gasp what Kitty was upset. What are we supposed to do when you get arrested? Daryl was genuinely shocked. Why would I be arrested? I, I don't understand. Was all he could say, and Kitty shook her head with sick pity, was not given the opportunity to explain. The next few seconds, Passed in a blur. Broken glass filled the room. 
and the windows and chunks of wood flew in from the hall, where the front door was smashed from its hinges. Suddenly, the room was full of men in black armor, from head to tail, flashing lights and screaming. Violently thrown to the floor in handcuffs, Daryl couldn't see what condition his roommates were in. Much like him, they were probably overwhelmed with sudden flurry of activity. Jerked to his feet and hustled down the hall, he knew that he was probably in some degree of trouble, but he truly hoped that his friends wouldn't be charged with anything. He didn't see them being cuffed, and his name was the only one they stated being under arrest. And hopefully he could, they could be left out of whatever mess this turned into. As he was being pulled out of the front door, Daryl called out of his shoulder, desperately hoping they could hear him. Don't say anything, guys. Don't say a word. But by that point, it was the best he can do. An hour later, he was behind bars, bearing the death penalty for the rest of his life. Toya Pearson couldn't help but curse when the call came in, 1.45 in the morning. Raising two girls and a single mom, combined with a job that could call at any moment and currently call prude, sleep was proving more and more elusive. The moment the, the ringtone woke her up from a deep sleep, she knew she was done for the night. She didn't even have to answer it. I, it did. However, it turned out to be rather an interesting call, though. The department had arrested a rather notorious serial killer. Not that it wasn't good news. One less sicko on the streets was good for everybody. But that wasn't the part that particularly interested her. It was his pet. Normally, the rare personality that fell into this range didn't keep pets. Not living ones, anyways. But this man had three cats, which were currently in the kennel at the headquarters. Were it not such a high-profile case, the animals must, would have most likely been turned over to animal control or the Humane Society. But given the uniqueness of the situation, they thought to call her. Toya's official title was that of a detective profiler. But everyone knew that her true passion was her feline rescue group. No one had a problem turning Katie, Tim, and Jerry over to her. And rather, they put them to further trauma. She decided to keep them in the end. They won her over rather quickly with their infectious personalities, and the girls fell in love with them immediately as well. The youngest Sarah even claims that they speak to her. It's adorable. Hmm, interesting story, I might say. So what do you guys think? Guy kills people. Well, first and foremost, I thought they were his actual roommates, like people. But turns out they weren't people. They were felines. Crazy. I like this. Oh, well, I like this episode, actually. I like this story. Better than the elevator one. But, um, yeah, so tell me what you think about this creepypasta. Again, if I'm going to be doing creepypastas possibly Tuesday and Thursdays. Um, so if you like it, let me know in your comments below. Um, don't forget to share, like, and, and um, subscribe. Uh, if you have any ideas, you can email them to paranormalbuzzfeed at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget to keep it ghosting. Talk to you all later.
If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits, that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record and upload. Um, You can throw in um, soundtracks, you can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now I use it because like it's user friendly and um, it is free and I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing. Now most platforms, you know, before you can even try it out, you need to sign up and pick a plan. I like Anchor because I don't have to go through any of that. So I recommend it. Now, if you really want to get into it, I recommend you going to your website, anchor.fm, and, you know, signing up. Or you can download anchor.fm from the Google Store, iTunes, um, and give it a try. So don't forget to go to anchor.fm, sign up, and I'll see you all in podcast community.